This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 367. When we take this unworthiness conversation or worthiness conversation into work that we're talking about, like coaching, consulting, leading, healing, I think sometimes because we do have the unworthiness, we don't recognize the value that we're bringing to other people's lives. We don't recognize the pain that we're liberating them from. We don't recognize the problems that we're supporting them in, in solving. And so forth, because we can't see the value through our own limited worthiness, we're projecting that onto others and expecting, oh, nobody's going to pay me when actually there are eight billion people in the world and in order to have a business that makes you six figures the maths is you can do it with 100 people right seven figures at the right price point you can do it between 100 and a thousand people too so a thousand people let's say out of billions can provide a very healthy income for you that allows you to have your life needs met which i'm sure the universe god source wants you to have anyway whilst you're serving that was daniel mangana challenging us to think about our own worthiness and how that influences the way that we bring our work into the world. We dive into that and so much more as we think about what creates a truly happy, fulfilled life. Join us in this Star Coach episode. Hello and welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you here. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. The show's going live the day before Thanksgiving here in the United States. However, wherever you are around the world, I want you to know how very thankful I am for you and that you're joining us here on the Star Coat Show. I am also incredibly grateful for the awesome guests that come on the show to share their perspective, to share their experiences and their expertise to help all of us grow. My name's Meg Rentschler. I am the host of the Star Coach Show. And as an executive and mentor coach, I have the privilege, the honor to work with people across the globe on getting their work into the world, helping them be stronger leaders, helping coaches build skills, build businesses, and through that ripple effect, also help organizations be healthier places to work. So when I think about the kind of work that each of us do, when I was introduced to Daniel Mangana, I thought, oh, I definitely want to bring Daniel on the show as we can focus in on how to live a truly happy, fulfilled life. Daniel is the absolute best person I could think of to feature, first of all, on a week that's all about thankfulness and gratitude, but also he is such a great example of the kinds of guests that I love to have on the show because of the experience that he brings forward and that we're able to lean into mindset. We're able to look at getting our work into the world. We're able to look at what is it that helped him create his brand. So many different tentacles in this interview. So who is Daniel? Daniel is the CEO of Dream with Dan and Dream Inc. He is a best-selling author of four books, a radio host, an international speaker, a master money manifester, and the creator of the Beyond Intention paradigm. 
He works with others to live an abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. That's what we focus in on in today's interview. So without further ado, let's go to my interview with Daniel. Daniel McGenna, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so good to have you here. Love the focus that you take in the world, the message that you're bringing forth. And when I was approached to have you on the show, I thought, well, yeah, we're going to have Daniel on the show. We need oh, to talk you. about living a truly fulfilling, happy life. We need to talk about the way that we engage with the opportunities that we have, what's our mindset about that. And I really was intrigued also with the branding that you've done for your podcast, for your business. So you are the Dreamer CEO. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about how did that come to be? So the work that I do now has emerged very much from a catchphrase that I coined, that came together, that fell into my lap about six, seven years ago. And that's dream with your eyes open. And the idea of dreaming with your eyes open has got many different layers to it. It goes to dream big, but take some action. It, it goes to, you know, make sure you're aware of what's going on around you if you want to have a big dream. And also going into the more esoteric side of things, how we can actually make our life a lucid dream, which is maybe going to be the topic of a, a book I'll do in the future. But being the leader of the collection of dreamers moving forward and also sort of bringing in the idea of being organized like a corporation like really being organized and structured so I said oh CEO like the organizer the chief you know the chief the chief executive officer and so that's where that kind of came from being the dreamer CEO it really comes down to this whole concept of dreams which is a big big part of what I'm about and uh, just structuring that in a way that really speaks to the organization that I wanted to bring to the dreamers love that and and I just um I think that we often we're particularly when we're starting on our entrepreneurial journey, we might be, you know, how do I want to be seen? How do I want to be, what do I want to be known for? And, and mm -hmm. so part of what you're saying, I think is that you will, you know, it, it evolved over the work that 100%. you were doing. And, and then as it evolved and continues to evolve, yet there was something that was very true and authentic to what you were doing. And that's where mm -hmm. you landed. And then it just continues to evolve. And I think that mm -hmm. I just want people to hear that we will continue to evolve throughout our businesses, throughout our growth, be on that journey of discovery versus getting all wrapped around and real tight in, I don't know, I don't know. And then we just don't do anything, right? We just get paralyzed. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I just want that to not be a barrier that's in the way of, of people getting their work into the world. What led you to getting this work into the world? The funny thing is, Meg, a lot of people that have this kind of work in their life that were doing something before made the transition because, oh, they felt empty or there was a hole in their life or they weren't fulfilling their purpose. I was living my best life, Meg. I really was. In fact, I got dragged kicking and screaming to doing this work. I had very much a Jonah in the way of circumstances. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that I was like, oh, I feel empty. I feel, and, and it kind of goes to what you're saying before about ev evolution and that I was in my purpose before, but my purpose shifted and I resisted the shifting of the purpose. And in the end, fell into the flow of that. And I'm really glad that I did. You talk about the way that we, we can really discover an effortless way 
to engage with with money, to engage mm-hmm. with having a rich life, not mm-hmm. just with money, but a rich life in the way of purpose, a rich life in the way yeah. of and often I hear, and I'm wondering if you hear this, well, if I'm doing my life's purpose, then mm-hmm. I do can I charge for that? Or like how do mm-hmm. they is it almost like those are are contradictory to ideas. one another? Yeah. And yeah. and I don't think that they are. So mm-hmm. um just on this this as we start our discussion around living a fulfilling life, living purpose, mm-hmm. which I think is what many people come to coaching because they 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 have a purpose. They feel like they want to help people meet their goals and mm-hmm. engage in getting obstacles out of the way and those kinds of things. I want to kind mm-hmm. of throw it to you. Where do you want to start this discussion today around living a fulfilling life in both purpose and finances? Well, why don't we hop in with, with the idea that you just brought up, that it's not okay to be remunerated for sharing your gifts I personally feel that just comes down to unworthiness because we have no problem at all giving people money when they're helping us out of a a situation. And yet we think that the other person who we are helping out of a situation is going to have an issue giving us the money. Now, aren't there going to be times where you get trolls and other weird people that say, oh, I mean, I get them on my Instagram all the time. Oh, if you were really so successful, you wouldn't be here selling stuff on the internet. I laugh because I very rarely ever sending anything on the internet anyway <laughs> when they send these messages. But most importantly, you know, people that have got that kind of attitude generally have got a sad life and they're not really worth your your consideration. But I just want people to understand that when we go to money, we can actually jump into this quickly. Money really is just an energy that represents exchange of values. Okay. So I've got a glass of water here, right? My first is being quenched because I'm exchanging values with someone to get this bottle of water. So the money represents that exchange. My need for water is getting met. Their desire or need to be in business or be in commerce is being met. There's the exchange. When we start to bring limiting beliefs like unworthiness into the mix, that exchange gets clouded and gets all of these narratives that pull away from the truth, which is just that you've got a guy who's thirsty and a guy who's got water. You exchange them and everybody's happy. Now, When we take this unworthiness conversation or worthiness conversation into work that we're talking about, like coaching, consulting, leading, healing, I think sometimes because we do have the unworthiness, we don't recognize the value that we're bringing to other people's lives. We don't recognize the pain that we're liberating them from. We don't recognize the problems that we're supporting them in in solving. And so because we can't see the value through our own limited worthiness, we're projecting that onto others and expecting, oh, nobody's going to pay me when actually there are eight billion people in the world. And in order to have a business that makes you six figures, the maths is you can do it with a hundred people, right? Seven figures at the right price point, you can do it between a hundred and a thousand people too. So a thousand people, let's say out of billions can provide a very healthy income for you that allows you to have your life needs met, which I'm sure the universe God source wants you to have anyway, whilst you're serving. So it doesn't require the millions and gazillions of people that you probably think it does, number one. Number two, out of those billions of people, there are going to be people that actually recognize the value that you that you have and will be very happy to remunerate you. And money's just a medium of exchange of those energies. You're exchanging your life force with them in terms of your gifts, and they are reciprocating by giving you money. And that's all. So based upon what you just said, it would seem to me that the path 
to releasing those limiting beliefs is seeing the value that you're bringing. I mean, like being able to be clear Mm -hmm. about the results that you can offer, being clear about what the exchange is from your side so that Mm -hmm. you are not putting up a barrier in and getting your mm-hmm. head out of that other person's wallet, by the way, get mm-hmm. your head out of your client's wallets. That's their mm-hmm. place. But if if I'm not clear about what it is that I'm offering and what the value is of that, I could see that, that I could easily go down that path of limiting beliefs. So mm-hmm. that clarity piece of, of what it is that I'm offering, how would, I mean, where do you see that kind of fitting into this, this whole Mm. issue? So there's a framework I teach called money DNA, and I'm not going to go into the whole of the money DNA framework. If people are interested, you know, they can check out the website. I've got a free resource about it. They can learn more, but there's a piece of money DNA, which looks at the way that we talk internally. So the 20,000 foot view on money DNA is it's my framework, which shows us how to identify our uniqueness so that we can optimize and be supported in our uniqueness to move forward because no two people are the same. So Money DNA helps you create the right marketing plan, be in the right industry, the right delivery, find the right clients, all of the things. But the third step of the five is this whole idea of internal communication. So to your point, unworthiness, yeah, overcoming that's the way forward. But a lot of the time, people get stuck actually dealing with the unworthiness because they don't know how to communicate with themselves. So I actually use um, the five love languages framework to identify the primary step and how to do that, because ultimately your love language is an indication of how your unconscious mind processes data. And what I mean by that is this. Uh, are you familiar with the framework? With uh, Oh, with I am. I've, as a matter of fact, what's, I what's have, primary? Uh, my primary is, oh gosh, all of a sudden I, uh, my primary is acts. Oh, acts of service like me. So you got mm-hmm. the same as me. Okay. So uh, sorry, you, I cut you off before. You said you were, you you were going. To say oh, I was just going to say that 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 framework also a, a follow up book to that was the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, and I had mm-hmm. that author on. So yes, we also have a little bit of that here on the show. So go ahead. Amazing. Yeah. So acts of service, like both you and I make, it means that someone can say that they love us all day long. They can give us as many kisses as the the day can hold, but if we're not seeing action to follow that up, to back that up, to really embody the professing of love. We're not sitting there saying, well, they didn't show up. They didn't act like it. So I guess I'm not going to feel love now. I guess I'm going to feel resentful. That's not what happens at the unconscious level. We process those inputs and those inputs not containing acts of service fails to generate the output of feeling loved. Whereas when acts of service kicks in, click, 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 click. Oh, I feel loved. Oh, I really feel connected with this person. It's the same like with physical touch. You can buy all the gifts in the world for the person whose love language is physical touch. If you're not holding their hand, stroking their hair, giving them kisses, giving them cuddles, they're not going to be able to feel the love. So I've actually looked at this to say that, well, that means that we've got an idea to know what carrier everything needs to have if we want to get a message into our unconscious mind. So for us, it has to be embodied. Anything that we want to have as a new idea, a new belief system, a new internal viewpoint, it must be supported with a movement through time and space because without it, our unconscious mind just can't process that input as us being serious about creating a change. It's the same thing like with um, with words of affirmation. A lot of people say, oh, affirmations, affirmations. Well, only the people whose primary love language is words of affirmations are going to have an instant response to affirmations as being the thing that's going to change their beliefs. Can they be supportive? Yes, but it's not going to be the primary. We're better to understand what our primary is and then layer that in with other things like affirmations and 
all the other things. So, I mean, again, you can, I've got free resource about that on my website. It'll and we will have links for Daniel yeah. in the show notes for this session, yeah. for this uh, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. But if you understand that about yourself and how to communicate with yourself internally, then you'll understand how to actually reprogram that worthiness out and to uh, unworthiness out and to program worthiness in. Love that. So one of the things that we had talked about when we were doing our pre-interview was that we want to we want to help people create transformation in their life. We mm-hmm. want to move people not just in a transactional sort of way, but a transformational sort of way, and that involves energetic alignment that involves, you know, kind of bringing, bringing our, uh, bringing that partnership forward. So I'm just, uh, when, when we're creating transformation, one of the things that you said is let's work with what we've done. What is it that we want to kind of lean into on that concept? I think it's going to be very difficult for you to not only talk intelligibly, but to have the internal level of confidence for something that you have no experience of. And I know that, you know, there's the whole fake it until you make it thing. There's a whole, you know, build it and they will come. But I just think that when you're in true internal integrity with what you're speaking about and teaching about, that's going to resonate outwards from you. It's going to help you to resonate with the right people to work with. It's going to make your message more clear. It's going to allow your communication to be more clear. It's going to allow your energy to be balanced. And it just makes for an easy way of doing things and trying to like force something happen that you don't know anything about. So we really want to be able to uh, maybe even take our own transformation from the path that Mm -hmm. we've walked and speak about it, live about it. Um, I would say that that's probably pretty magnetic. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we feel people before we hear them or see them. We've all had that thing where someone's around they haven't even spoken yet, but you're not really quite sure why you don't like them or you're not really quite sure why you love the dickens out of them. It's because the energy moves before the physical expression of what we're saying or what we're doing, because our energy field is bigger than our physical body. And so when that energy field is populated with integrity, it's populated with someone who's in their truth, who has a confidence because they've lived through that transformation, they've lived through breaking through that pain, they've lived through solving that problem, then that resonates out and therefore resonates into the people who get to connect with that message in some way. And I don't know that we think about that all the time. We think about the fact that we do exude an energy, we do, um, and that energy can be really compelling when we're mm-hmm. when we're in the place of sort of living that alignment and that truth of 100%. who we are. Yeah. 100%. So Often, and we we we've leaned into this, and now we're going to do it some more because I really think that this is this is a stumbling block for so many coaches trying to get their work into the world, and that is the concept of having a healthy relationship with money, and then what is that first step? What's that first mm-hmm. step to achieving the wealth? So we talked a little bit about our mindset around worthiness, but. If we just said, okay, let's talk about having a healthy relationship with money and what's that first step, where do we begin with that? I think the first step to having that healthy relationship with money we've already spoken about to some degree, and that's having a healthy relationship with yourself. And I think if we want to take the mystical woo-woo out of this, let's just put this in real terms, okay? If we were talking about you having a, a relationship with a person, a healthy relationship with a person, what would that need to entail? Well, we'd need to have communication, right? There needs to be an interaction. We need to understand our core values and that they match up, right? And so many of us have got core values that don't match up with money. We've got core values of lack, around scarcity, around not enough. And therefore the idea that that's going to match up with abundance of money is is ridiculous. So if we just 
just take that very simple idea that ultimately, if I was having a relationship with a person, money was a person, how would our relationship look? And what would I do if it was a person? And that will start to create some very key core shifts in how we're connecting, relating to money that allows us to heal that relationship and create a much more abundant one. When we're operating, and and so I let's like kind of look through the lens of a coach who is maybe they've been downsized or lost their position or, and so they're, they're like, oh, so I'm going to, this is a great opportunity to build a coaching business. My Mm -hmm. whole thing about that is you've got to have something that helps you live because if you're Mm -hmm. building out of scarcity or out of, out of fear, Mm -hmm. it's not going to create that kind of energy. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, want people to be aware that all this is, it is possible to be an entrepreneur. It is possible to build what you want. And I want you to be thinking about Daniel's concepts here of what are you saying to that person of money? And and are you afraid of that person or intimidated by that person? Mm -hmm. Because that doesn't create the kind of of bonded relationship. When you work with people who are in that place of struggle, you mm-hmm. know, that it's it's not always easy to build a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. what what are some of the things that you offer to somebody who is really struggling and maybe in that place of of scarcity and fear mm-hmm. in the and while trying to build a business? So I always speak about being in a conducive space to create. You have to be in a conducive space to create. Your nervous system has to be settled. You can't be in fight or flight because you're not going to be able to create from that place. Ultimately, our magnetic field as a human is going to be repelling or calling in at all times, right? And so if I'm in scarcity, I'm contracting, I'm not pulling in, right? I'm pushing away. And so that's just not a great place to be in. One thing I would say is that a a big thing that I'm really passionate about is reminding people that not everybody's a business person or entrepreneur. Not everybody is. I mean, I've never really had a job. I I had a job in a cinema when I was like 15 and over the summer because my mates were there and it was something to do and I did need a job when I was working in a call center in my um, mid to late 20s for about three months just while I was building up a business I just needed a job that would cover the bills while I got the business built up but other than that I've never actually I've never been in corporate I've never had a, a shirt and tie or whatever job I've, I've always been an entrepreneur and it fascinates me how excited people get about being an entrepreneur because it's not fun all the time. It's not. It's, it's like, yeah, exactly. Every time when you don't get a paycheck because your your staff have to get a paycheck, you're problem solving all the time. And I think if people take off this romantical idea of being a business owner and actually understand there is going to be work, and so you have to make sure that you're supported or you're in partnership with people who can support you net being able to do that instead of trying to do it all by yourself. Because that, on top of then being in scarcity because you haven't got your needs met, is going to leave you in a really messy place. Well, and and I agree with you that not everybody is an entrepreneur. Not a, that's not even comfortable for everyone. Mm-hmm. It would never be comfortable for my husband to be an entrepreneur, which has really mm-hmm. been a delightful thing for me because he's always <laughs> been in corporate then, and he's he's been able to kind of provide those things that corporate does while I've been able mm-hmm. to be an entrepreneur. So so amazing pleased with him about that. Yeah, it's partnership. But and yet that that whole concept of of being supported of of maybe investing in yourself and having a coach or having a mentor or having someone to help you reach those goals. What else do we want to when when you wrote your book Money Game? What mm-hmm. was it that what is what was it that sort of led you to wanting to write the book and and sure. and kind of created that, this is the book. 
So just to give the listener context, Money Game is a very short book, and it's not really a storybook. It's a playbook on how to manifest money, in short. We've had some crazy stories, 50,000 in two days, 65 or 75,000 in three days. I think that's the record at the moment. Um, if people are interested to know more, you can grab the, the book for like a dollar on my website. You can grab the ebook for a dollar. And there's other things like I've created some audios and some support material. But it's a really simple way for you to manifest money. Now, what actually happened was in 2018, when I was making the transition through my donor in the well situation uh, to do what I do now, I was living off savings. Like I, I literally packed up a business I had before. I had some savings and I was flying around the world on my own dime, renting out spaces and saying, hey, come and hear this stuff. I've got this. I want to talk to you about this beyond detention stuff. Let's talk about creating your reality. And I wasn't charging anything for it. But, you know, after a few months of that, you kind of look at the bank account and realize, oh, that's not going to last. So this is not that's a business not plan that's going to this sustain is, this, itself. This is, not, <laughs> this is not sustainable. And I was really blessed. A lot of people sort of showed up and were like, hey, come in here. I'm going to fly you here. Gave me a place to live. Gave me... I was always taken care of. But I sat there one day and I was like, well, if this stuff is real about creating your reality, I should be able to apply it specifically to money. And so I started playing with my frameworks and putting together something formulaic that I could sort of experiment and test. And so came up with this formula, tried it, set the intention for $50, 193 euros showed up the next day. So okay, cool. So I started just playing this game with reality um, and got it all the way out to where I asked for $10,000 and it showed up in five days or four days or something like that. So I said, okay, this works. And there's some more to it. Your belief systems impact it, like your worthiness levels impacts it. But playing the game, the money game helps you to break that. So in fact, anyone who is having, you know, an issue around worthiness, who struggled with manifesting money, who's struggling with allowing money into their life, definitely go ahead to the to the website, grab the book. It's just a dollar. If you prefer the paperback or whatever, you can grab that on um, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, but you can grab it for a dollar on the website. But the, the key is that I experimented with it and I was doing that for about six months and I was using it to create variations of it to generate clients for the business. When I started taking clients, I worked out other formulas to, to apply the same principles as well. And then January of 2019, I did an event in New York and it was the first time I actually shared it with other people. And we started to get crazy results right away for people. So for about two and a half years, it was only people that were in my programs that knew about the money game. And it was this sort of this secret thing. And then I did a five-day challenge around it and people started getting these wild results. Like we just did the five-day challenge to manifest $10 and people were getting like 30,000 and 20,000 and 10,000 and 5,000. I was like, wait, wait, I need to like put this in the book. And so I, yeah. I put it in a book so that more people could access it just so I could share it with the world. And we did the paperback, but we also made it available for a dollar on the website for people who do actually need the help, but maybe don't think that they can scratch together the 20 bucks for a book. And that's what I did. Love that. Well, and I just want people to hear all the different things that you've done to get your work into the world. You traveled mm -hmm. around and spoke. You, mm -hmm. uh, you know, did a challenge. You wrote a mm -hmm. book. You have a, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's, and I also want to hear them to hear, you know, there is an ebb and flow to being an entrepreneur. Now, at 100%. some point, it sounds like there's this flow, but, but, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that we, we hit, we might hit a challenge or a barrier mm -hmm. or, and, and it becomes, so how else am I going to get my message out? And how else mm -hmm. am I going to reach people? And, and mm -hmm. I just love that, that you got these results and we're like, more people need to hear about those results. So yeah. I am writing a book about it, ding, <laughs> yeah. dang it. And yeah. then, 
And then I'm making it available for a dollar so that that more people can access this. You had mentioned Mm -hmm. sort of in passing that you have another book percolating. What's this book that's percolating right now? Yeah. So, so I've, so, so I've got like four books now. The first book I wrote was on time mastery. And the reason why I wrote that book is because back in 2018, I really started to make a big deal out of writing a book. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to give myself 30 days to write a book about something just so I can drop this idea again, acts of service. I need to take some action to drop and break this limiting belief and these ideas about being an author. So I did that. Then I wrote the book, The Dreamer's Manifesto, which is breaking down that concept dream with your eyes open. Then I released Stepping Beyond Intention, which is the main book about my work. We're actually re-releasing that right now um, through Simon & Schuster's. And then I put out Money Game. And so I kind of was sitting with whether I want to write another book. I've been making the move into creating documentaries. We filmed one. I'm in another one. And we're looking and mapping out what the next one's going to be. But a part of me is really sort of thinking that this whole concept that I want to share in the book, in, in the documentary, would actually be great to be in a book as well. So I'm in talks with a publisher about that. We're sort of putting the idea together and playing with it. But ultimately, I think for me, it's about finding the medium. Like you said, there's yeah. different ways to get your work out there. Finding the media that works for you. Those that are interested, if you go and check out the stuff about money DNA on my website, it will tell you exactly which way you should be um, trying to get your message out there. And then once you've got that should, quote unquote, then you can work out with what feels good to you, what feels playful, what feels fun uh, and energizing. I just love that. I love your energy. And I love that you're, you're, it's like your creativity is over at the top. Oh, let's do this. So let's, <laughs> let's take a second and just talk. What led you into doing documentaries? And what was the the catalyst of that first doc? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the focus of that first documentary? So I've been podcasting since 2018. Um, I was podcasting before podcasting was cool. And my podcasts are well ranked. I've got one that's like top 1%, one's top 0.5%. We get a lot of downloads. I had my first books back in 2018 before everybody was, you know, an author um, and whatnot. It's just no way to differentiate and to sort of find your voice out amongst the noise, for want of a better phrase. I was talking my my one of my content team he's actually in the film industry we actually have another business together to do with film funding and he said well why don't we look at trying to take one of your ideas and put it into a short film and it's like well yeah i mean that the barriers to entry mean that not everyone can throw a hundred grand at a film project right and not know right. if money's going to come back from it because we haven't got like some funky marketing strategy of how we're going to recoup it i was making this film and just putting it out right mm-hmm. and so we've got a tenured neuroscientist we have a medical biochemist and Dr. Keith is one of the engineers who works on the MRI machine. And we've scientifically interrogated the concept of manifestation. So we've actually spoken oh, to real scientists cool. and looked at some of the commonly held ideas around manifestation to see which ones are real and which ones aren't in terms of uh, science, mainstream science. And that documentary is out now? It's not out yet. We're just wrapping it up. Oh, uh, we filmed Now everything. we're just waiting on the end of our <laughs> Uh, but if people go to manifestnationfilm.com, manifestnationfilm.com, the film's called Manifest Nation, you can be updated. We are expecting to get it out either end of this year, beginning of next. Filmmaking is really interesting. It's like so many moving pieces to it because we actually oh, filmed I all the interview even. pieces. We filmed my pieces last year. you got to do cuts. you got to do this. We had to get the distribution, which we've done now through Amazon. But yeah, it's just a really, really, uh, it's a really fun process. I really enjoyed it. And so that's why I'm like, I really love this process. I definitely want to do more. I then sort of built some relationships. I'm an investor in a, another studio. 
Uh, so I've been executive producing and producing on different film projects, uh, as well as going a bit deeper into our financing and sort of getting a bit more involved. The the team that works on the Think and Grow Rich film, I'm actually working with them on another film project as well. So there's some really cool stuff going on on the film side that I really love and I'm really energized by. And it's energizing to hear you. I just, it's like I get this vision of all these tentacles going into all these different <laughs> things. And it's like, oh, and I was really interested in that. So now I'm doing that. And I was, yeah. and I just want everybody to hear when you get lit up by something, mm-hmm. follow the, see where that mm-hmm. takes you. And, and mm-hmm. if the limiting belief Daniel had was, well, I'm not a filmmaker or mm-hmm. I can't do that. Or or, or what, uh, you know, uh, it takes too much time to write a book rather than ding, dang mm-hmm. it. I've got this block about the fact that I can't, I don't have the time to write the book. So I'm going to put myself on a challenge and I'm going to yeah. get something written. Just that can do sort of go, go is, is really inspiring. So thank you for bringing your story forward to us. Oh, thanks. And, and I just want to just add to that. Yes, I do go for it when I feel the jazz, but if people pay attention to what I said, also in every single one of those things I jumped into, I was supported by people that knew what they were doing, right? Um, or I got education, or I got coaching, or I got guidance and mentorship, or I got leadership, like with the films. Nick Nanton, he's won more than 30 Emmys, right? He's the one that's wow. been supporting me in learning how to make films. And I've been invested in his studio. And now with Scott Klein, uh, with Scott on the um uh on the Think and Grow Rich side of things. It's like I've got people that are ahead of me. Right. You're not doing a I'm wild, doing. like, no, let me just no, be un no. it's not like it's no. it's risk or it's like no. just being, yeah, you're no, being very um intentional about everything yeah, with the support you need with with the support yes i just wanted to make sure that people didn't say i'm gonna go and do yeah the thing and then, like, because go, like... daniel and meg said just go go for it no, <laughs> no, no. yeah get definitely right get the right be... learning get the right education get the right yeah team. and and mitigate your risks in as much mm-hmm. as as you you are being responsible in the decisions mm-hmm. you're making and at the same time you think of something and you look at what are the options and and what are the the supports that you need? So I just I want everybody to just kind of experience Daniel. And so I'm so excited that that I was able to bring you forward to the audience. Anything as as we're wrapping up this concept of of being fulfilled and happy and and engaged that that mm-hmm. we've left on the table. I would just say that, um, and we've spoken about ebbs and flows, but I think I really really want to drive home to everybody who's listening to this that. You're never going to be happy all of the time. You're never going to be on the ball all of the time. You're never going to be on point all of the time. You're never going to be down all of the time either. Life is a mix of all of these things that a truly happy, fulfilled life accepts, embraces all of that texture and thrives in the face of that. And so I just wanted to just give people that to, to sit with. Uh, before we sign off. Excellent. So we will have links on how to connect with those wonderful resources that Daniel offered, as as well as let you keep your finger on the pulse of his upcoming documentary. So (laughs) until then, Daniel, thank you so much for being a part of the Star Coach Show. Thank you. Did I not promise you that that was going to be an incredible show? Thank you again to Daniel for joining us, for sharing his expertise. If you want to know more about the work he does and connect with all those great resources that he gave, be sure to grab the links in the show notes at starcoachshow.com slash 367, starcoachshow.com slash 367, or if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, grab the links in the notes below. 
My conversation with Daniel continues in the Star Coach community, where we talk more about the science behind manifesting. If you would like to be supported in the way that he was talking about, we all need support. We need community. We need to connect with the right resources. That's what we do in the Star Coach community. So learn more about our community at starcoachshow.com slash community, starcoachshow.com slash community. Now come back next week as we're going to revisit one of my very favorite episodes of all time. Dr. Kimia Saraf joined me to talk about trauma-mitigated coaching. And it is hands down one of my favorite episodes of all time. And I wanted to bring it back for us to visit it again. The messages are just so incredibly important, especially in the world today with all the trauma that we have going on in different parts of the world, in the conflict that's going on in many parts of the world, including here in the United States. So Join me next week as we revisit trauma-mitigated coaching. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.